0: What's happening everybody, Brimo here with another episode of Shudder and Slate and today I got my film buddy Alex Ramirez on with me. Alex is an award-winning Mexican-American filmmaker, playwright, and educator based in San Antonio, Texas. He has worked professionally since 2014 and is the head of his own film production company, Mala Bruja Pictures. In 2020, his film, The Quiet Shore, was distributed by Shorts TV. In 2021, he was named Best Local Filmmaker by San Antonio Current Magazine. Alex has been featured in many publications for his film work, such as KLRN, The Beat, UTSA's The Paisano, cultural essay, Voyage Dallas, La Presna, Texas, and the San Antonio Express News. He has served as a panelist for the Tu Cuentas Youth Festival and as a judge for the San Antonio Film Festival. He currently teaches media and film at Say in San Antonio and serves as the education coordinator of the San Antonio Film Society. Wow, Alex, what is up?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So much for having me on. That's a I, I didn't realize how long that bio was until I heard someone else read it.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. It's very impressive.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It took, a, it took a long time to accumulate.
0: You know, it happens.
1: <laughs> definitely, definitely.
0: That's awesome. So let's talk about, you know, how you first got into film. Like, what was it that really garnered your interest in, in deciding that you wanted to do this?
1: Um, well, I guess... with you know many kids um uh you kind of find something to latch on to creatively for a lot of kids it's comic books or you know whatever video games but for me it was always movies and some of my um best memories with my uh, parents um after they uh separated was like just going to the movies with them um it's always been a language that i've been able to speak with my mom um and just talk about movies and specifically old movies with her um movies from the 50s and 60s and just kind of getting a, a, an education in that and with my dad i always kind of remember sneaking in the movies um there's uh, we must have like snuck into I don't know hundreds over at uh Northwest Theater um here in <laughs> nice. San Antonio off of I-10 yeah that was the one we'd go to all the time and just sneak into it and yeah you know those are some of my favorite memories with my dad so I just they've kind of always just been around and when I was young um I, I was really into creative writing I guess I still am but, but you know that started young and that kind of has like a, a natural overlap with uh, storytelling and movie making so it's just kind of always been there
0: that's awesome and I mean when did you you probably when did you first make your first film do you think how old were you
1: hmm. uh, I must have been in college um, I I took a, a cinematography class well I mean it was it was supposed to be a cinematography class but you're really just making like five short films And uh, that must have been the first time I I really made, you know, a real uh, film that, you know, got finished and edited and everything like that. Um, Yeah, you know, that, especially when when you get into film school and you're just kind of like uh, learning the tools of your trade, you're kind of unsure of what you're doing. And um, to some extent, you know, I feel that way still. But uh, I, I think, like you know, Scorsese said, you you just kind of learn how to not mess up the the more you do it. Um, so yeah, that that would probably be around the first time I made a, a a real film.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just shot my first feature film, and I still don't know everything. So,
1: <laughs> congrats, by the way, congrats! Uh, Thank Sacred, you so much. Sacred vision.
0: Sacred vision.
1: Yeah, nice. Congrats. Yeah, I know that can be uh, uh, whenever you get it all in the can, and you know, you're finally ready to edit. The production feels so stressful at times. And uh, whenever you wrap, it's just like, oh, now I can take this weight off my shoulder. Uh, I mean, you still got the film to completely edit, um, (laughs) uh, at least the shootings over.
0: Yeah, it's like one wait for another wait. <laughs> you get to breathe for like five minutes, and you're like, "Shit, now I actually need to edit this thing and like do it." So <laughs> that's the phase I'm in, and I've, I took a quite a bit of time off um, in between to to rest and um, deal with my mental stuff. So it's like, okay, now I can slowly get back into editing and finishing it and all of that fun stuff. But you also just finished a film recently, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, technically we're still working on it, but. It's, it's pretty much done. We're gearing up for a festival run um, by August. Uh, it's called a Life in Technicolor. Um, I just released the trailer a couple weeks ago, but uh, it was kind of the big film that I made during COVID. Uh, I wrote and directed it um, and used a lot of, uh, well, a mixture of both new people and, Uh, people that I was used to working with. It was a fantastic experience. Um, Natasha Straley uh, came on board and produced the picture with me. Uh, Josie Porras, who's uh, um, a a figure in the theater community here, played the lead. Um, And we had, you know, a lot of fantastic people on that um our cinematographer Alex Walker is a Austin resident uh someone that Natasha knew beforehand who'd shot um if not her most recent picture then one of her most recent pictures and he came on board and I loved working with him and he had a lot of great experience and uh you know even uh people who are kind of new to the um uh, New in their roles, there there was this uh, fantastic sound designer that we uh, worked with on this that Natasha brought on. Her name's Riley Hall. Uh, she's a musician in town, um, and she came on to do the sound design, to do some PA work on the film whenever we're shooting. Um, and you know, has really stuck with the whole process. This film's taken about a year uh, in post to to get everything exactly right. Wow yeah it's just been um strong bonds formed uh through the whole thing
0: that's awesome what tell us about the the movie i know about the movie but i don't think our listeners know about it so tell us like what a life in technicolor is about
1: yeah so uh it's about a young xenophile. um right kind of at the beginning of COVID, a few months in but um it's set during uh, COVID, and she's this uh, this movie lover, this artist who, you know, is experiencing the thing that I I think many filmmakers and artists felt, which is, you know, I can't create my work right now. I can't I can't go out and live right now. And after a while, she starts to realize that outside her apartment. Uh, the landscape is starting to become monochromatic. It's starting to become black and white, and um, it's not emitting any sound. It's becoming totally mute, like a silent film. And inside her apartment, uh, she starts to kind of recreate the films that she loved growing up, the ones that she idolized, the classic MGM musicals, uh, the film noir. kind of that lavish 1930s, 1940s uh, period of movie making in the studio system. And, you know, it was just a chance to uh, really create a love letter to movies. I think, um, you know, at least once in every filmmaker's life, they kind of make a movie that's about making movies. And I think this is definitely my attempt at that. And I was able to cram in just so much uh, influence. Uh, I, I, I think it's really important whenever I do a project that, um, uh, you know, I have a full list of like influences or things that I kind of want to pull from. And from this, you know, it was no different, not only with the MGM musicals, but also uh, I put in a lot of, you know, anime in, in a way that I really liked the, the sensibilities of Studio Ghibli films and Miyazaki films. And all that, you know, kind of landed in there in one way or another. Uh, And also uh, the films of uh, Yasujiro Ozu, you know, that was a huge influence on on me and uh, Alex Walker uh, and how we wanted to kind of shape the aesthetics of the film. Um, And also just the feeling of Federico Fellini films and Italian neorealism of the 1950s. Um, There's shots that we just stole from films and put in here. Uh, kind of as homages, but um, uh, definitely have weight on the, the actual structure of scenes.
0: That's awesome. I'm excited to see it and see how all of that comes together. Is it a musical? Are there musical numbers in there?
1: Um, in a way, it's a musical. Uh, in another way, it's a silent film. Um, it's, it's Yeah, it's this big hybrid of stuff. Uh, it's a musical. It's a, a fantasy film it's a comedy, it's a drama. Uh, there's a sequence that is, can only be described as horror. Um, so it's, it's really, you know, this kind of amoebic kind of like moving thing, you know, that doesn't really have a, a definable structure.
0: That's awesome.
1: A lot of structures. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's awesome. So obviously it's going to make its film festival run. Are you going to do a premiere or anything? Or is it just going to premiere at one of the festivals? Probably.
1: Yeah, uh, we we want to do a premiere here in San Antonio. I did it. I've done it with my last few films. Um, I um, pre COVID I I used to um, curate a showcase uh, for filmmakers here in town. Um the last installment we did, I think was the third. And I want to do that again. I, I don't know if Technicolor will will land in there. It, it, you know, it could be something else and not this annual showcase that I'm used to doing, but um, I, I know we definitely want to send it on its way in, in the festivals and then talk about some kind of premiere that we can hopefully uh, make with, other filmmakers here who have films coming out.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. I can't wait to see it. So stay tuned, guys. Life in Technicolor. <laughs> Alex Ramirez. Yeah. Be on the lookout for when it comes out. That's awesome. So I I love that you are actually an educator as well. And so you took your love of filmmaking and now you're teaching the next generation here at Say C. What is that like?
1: Oh, man. Um, you know, it's the best organization I think I could possibly work for in, in this field. Um, for whoever doesn't know, SAC is a creative youth development program. Um, we're an art gallery, we're an after-school program, we're a venue, um, we're, we're so many things. We're college prep for uh, high school students. Um, but I work in the uh, media arts studio uh, where we teach film and photography. And that's been, you know, really life-changing to be able to kind of take the nuggets of wisdom that you've accumulated through your career and pass it down to um, uh, the next generation. Um, I, I feel like I see a lot of myself in those kids um, and just being able to work with young artists who are, you know, hungry to put new ideas out on the screen. Or um, to really learn every nuance and aspect of movie making and the whole process and helping them develop their styles. You know, it's all been, uh, it's all been gravy. It's all been fantastic. And I really love that place.
0: That's awesome. So, say C, does it, is it an actual school or is it mostly just like an extracurricular type? um
1: well you know we're not associated with any school district we're um the I, I mean I think I'd best characterize it as an after-school program
0: okay
1: um students come after school and uh, are able to work on uh whatever project we have going on um at the time we're completely project-based so you know we're opening I don't know, three to five or three to six exhibits a year that students are making work for. Um, there's also some um, kind of, um, I, I guess you could say special exhibits, like our media art studio does a screening every year of films that we make in the summer. We're actually right in the middle of uh, making those films. Um, so, you know, media art students, um, Will go and be able to see their films on the big screen. We've done it at City based Cinema uh, the past few years, uh, which is you know a, a great movie theater. They always uh, are really welcome us whenever we bring films uh, to screen. Uh, but that's kind of you know the process. You know they make films and then uh, we're able to see them with all the staff, family members. We invite the whole community um people in the film community do come out sometimes and it's it's just a really magical experience
0: that's awesome yeah I'm really glad that there's an organization like that for you know the next generation here in town so they can learn from people actually doing it you know you're an actual filmmaker they're not learning from somebody that just read a textbook like you've actually made films and you know when they have questions you can be like oh yeah this is how you do this or whatever I think that's that's really cool
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think to have an entire staff that are working artists, you know, it really puts a different perspective um, on on just the craft. Um, You know, it's different than like, let's say a student wanted to be a novelist or a writer of some kind. Um, Don't get me wrong, I love English teachers, but, you know, if I'm going to learn the craft of writing, like I really want to learn from a, a writer mm-hmm. and um, uh, it, it's a lot different than, you know, going to a class where you crack open uh, where you just crack open a textbook and, you, you know, you learn about Plato or you <laughs> learn about Shakespeare or, um, um, uh, you know, the Canterbury Tales. Um, again, not saying that's all, all what English teachers do. There's, I know many English teachers and they're fantastic at their jobs. Um, I just know, you know, I, I want to, I want to go to the source. I want to go to someone who is really in the middle of it working and learn their techniques and even learn from their mistakes. You know, um, I feel like a good teacher, uh, is going to be open about even the mistakes that they make um, just so their students don't make the same ones.
0: I agree. I think that's super important and learning every, every film is a learning experience. I feel like, and I'm always learning constantly from one project to the next. And so to be able to instill that in your students, I think is fantastic.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: What's your next project you think?
1: Um, yeah, so I kind of have two, I, I've been joking around, because I've gotten this question a few times now that I'm wrapping up Technicolor. Um, I, I wanted to go back to the theater, I started as a playwright in the theater. And I wanted to go back and and just kind of write a new play. So I've been uh, saying to people, when they ask me what I'm going to do next, that I'm going to go write and direct a depressing play for about six months. And then come back to filmmaking. That may or may not happen. Uh, I'm kind of still swimming around with the I, idea. Um, I, I did a virtual play uh, in the middle of last year uh, called Marriage at the End of the World. And um, we had a virtual audience. It was it was a, a, a nice, uh, a pretty good turnout. I was able to work with um, some actors that I had either worked with before, but hadn't had the chance to work with again, or new actors that I'd always wanted to work with. And that experience was really positive. I was able to work with, you know, fantastic people like um, uh, Sebastian Duchenne, who is an old friend from uh, the Valley. He's now the uh, film and theater teacher over at Shepherd Middle School. Uh, and one of the best stage actors I've, I've ever seen. Uh, and um, other people like uh, Nadine Mansour, uh who is a, a, a musician and a singer and an, an actor here in town that is a, a really great friend um, that, you know, I, I feel like I always gleam a lot of wisdom from. So, uh, I'm either going to go do that, or I've already kind of like started tinkering with this idea that I've had in my head for about 15 years, I have just never put it down on paper, that I think it might be time to go do. Um, with with ideas sometimes I feel like sometimes they're not ready to come out and I think that was an example of it, it's just like I don't have the structure down yet I don't have it in my head yet. But now that I'm kind of like, you know, working through it and seeing like, oh, I can connect point A to point B. Um, I think that might be, you know, my next feature film idea. Nice. Um, yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I know that idea is you're like, oh, this would be a good idea, but I don't want to do that right now. Or it's not ready to come out yet. I've only got like a partial idea. That's I understand yeah.
1: that. <laughs> Sometimes like you're just not ready. Um, I don't know. And I don't know if it's like, um, it's not that you're, someone's not smart enough to do the idea, but it's like, um, your sensibilities have not formed for the idea to just come out like water, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what I experienced for a while with this new feature idea.
0: Yeah, no, it makes sense. Sometimes they come out really quickly or sometimes you're just like, all right, I need to let this marinate for a bit till like, I get more aspects of the story before I can start writing something. Because otherwise you're just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I've got like half an idea right now.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: That's awesome. Where can people watch your current films?
1: Yeah, so I have a website, Um, um I don't have everything on there, but uh, I have uh most of my recent work uh there's links to some films there you can watch trailers on there and also just kind of see all the important information um and you know casts uh that I've uh, worked with with links to uh, you know uh, uh their work and IMDBs and all that so you can you can go to my website uh, alexramirezfilms.com
0: awesome before i let you go what is your favorite movie
1: Ooh, you know, I, I try to give a different answer every time. I think the last one, because uh, we did promotions for Life in Technicolor, and I think I answered your name, which is uh, Makoto Shinkai um, uh, film. It's an anime film. But I think today, you know, I'm kind of feeling, I love Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's the Selene oh, yeah. Tsuyama film. Uh, I think it's probably the best uh, romance ever ever uh, made and there's moments in that that are just like um, you know absolute silence but the intensity is so high that it's like oh my god what what is going to happen uh, and I don't know it's it's just like when uh, I, I my, my thoughts on what a director are are you know change constantly but I think you know uh one of a director's objectives is to instill a certain atmosphere and mood and in feeling in in a film surprising how many films don't have that um but that film Celine Sciamma is, is just so able to just inject this feeling of just breathlessness and i, I absolutely love that movie
0: it is a fantastic movie <laughs> and it's a lesbian film so of course I've seen it
1: <laughs> for sure, for sure.
0: <laughs> that is awesome what advice would you give those just starting out or maybe like a set of new students you know like you teach and stuff like what's what's a good piece of advice that you would like to embark on them
1: yeah um it's good to have idols and it's good to have uh, people that you look up to, but I think at the end of the day, you kind of have to be your own hero. Um, there's, um, this industry takes a certain amount of, uh, you know, you have to want it. Um, and, but on the days where you don't want it, uh, you kind of have to be able to still rely on your work ethic and your discipline, uh, to get you through it. Um so I would definitely say that you have to you have to be able to believe in yourself because oftentimes and you know it still happens even though I I've, I've been working you know in this film scene for a while where you know what I think is a great idea other people were just like what's so like why would that work at all um and you know if you're if you feel strongly enough about it you you kind of have to push past that criticism and put your idea on the screen and if then you see it doesn't work then hey you know you find a find a new idea to go work on um, but you know that's all the um that's all the learning process you you figure out what works and what doesn't you shelve and find ways to turn it into something that you like um, or you just completely can it and move on
0: yeah we literally are in an industry of no somebody's going to talk shit about your work. Somebody's going to tell you it's not a good idea. Somebody's going to tell you your movie sucks, you know? And if you really want something, you have to learn the art of perseverance and just, you know, pushing through even when you have doubts. So I really like that you said, you know, you have to be your own hero because it's so true. It's so true. You know, you're going to come up with obstacles. You're going to come up with reasons why you can't do it. But if you really want something, you have to push through and persevere and make it happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, you know, I used to love the, I love the uh, the work of like Roger Ebert and, you know, I always kind of like remember Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel. Um, You know, Roger Ebert came out with that book. What is it? Your movie sucks. And like all of his like bad reviews Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, he's a Pulitzer prize winner, but the only film Roger Ebert ever wrote was like beyond the Valley of the dolls. And it's like a, cold bad movie. So if someone tells you your movie sucks, um cool, how about you go out and make a better one? Like, yeah. you know, the <laughs> the person that's telling you that it sucks. Um so, you know, take take stuff like that with a grain of salt.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Thank you so much for being here Alex. Where else can people find you? We've got your website, electremirrorsfilms.com. Where can I find you on social media and all that fun stuff?
1: Yeah, my uh, my primary social media is Instagram. Um, so my, uh, handle is Alex R M R Z R Z two. Uh, you can find me on there. Um, yeah, that's, that's primarily the place where if you want to interact with me, uh, you can also on my website, you know, if, uh, I'm, I'm always, um, uh, if, if you want to hire me for anything, you can contact me through there. So I'd say those are kind of like the two main points.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll definitely be in touch. And thank you guys so much for listening. Alex, thank you so much for being here. And we'll catch you on the next episode.
1: Thank you.